Be strong and courageous. Act like men. The words of Joshua to the people of Israel should ring in the ears of every man throughout his life. Be strong, be courageous, and play the man. Often we misinterpret what he means here, though. Joshua is preparing his people for war. He's telling his men how they should behave themselves on the battle lines, how they should carry themselves, how they should fight. Possess courage. Be strong and formidable. That's how you act like a man. But in the battle to make it across no man's land, through the trench warfare of the dating world with your testimony and your testicles intact, what we're really saying is that you must go to war with yourself. The temptation to hide your sin, the temptation to refuse to confess your sin, the temptation to hide who you really are from a potential spouse is not just sinful, it's weak. It's afraid. And it is the opposite of courage. And not just the need to be known and examined by your potential mate, but the courage to examine them as well, to risk the relationship, to ask the deep and probing questions, to begin a higher degree of emotional vulnerability and intimacy intentionally, to lay yourself bare without your armor on and invite your potential spouse to do the same. This is a terrifying experience for many. It means now they know where the soft points are. They know how to destroy you. They know how to hurt you if they wanted to. And ultimately, it means that you must trust the Lord with your reputation. Be strong. Be courageous. Act like a man. Get to know your potential spouse and let them get to know you. Otherwise, you'll wind up covenantally committed to someone that you don't know and doesn't know you. And in our experience as pastors, that doesn't always end well. Welcome to another episode of No Man's Land, the Reform Man's Guide to Christian Dating. All right, so in our last episode of No Man's Land, talked about all kinds of important things that you need to understand, not just on the first date, but throughout the dating time the discovery yeah. period. Period of discovery. Yeah, and discussion. You, that's right, where you determine compatibility. Mm, it's important. According to biblical guidelines. And so today I thought it would be fun if we looked at what kind of questions the secular world says we should ask. Questions to ask on a first date. Well, technically this list says second date. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, but okay. you know, same difference. Um, so question number one. Are we on a date right now? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's a trap. Absolutely not. <laughs> you are gay. <laughs> I missed the button. Ha! Gay! There it is. We found it that time. <laughs> I lost where my buttons were. All right, so question number one. What is your happiest childhood memory? Getting a Nintendo. <laughs> Dude, that was a Sega for me. I remember that. I remember that. What a stupid question to ask. <laughs> Is this just, I think this list is just so you can have something to talk about. Are we on the second yeah. date and we already don't have anything to talk about? Well, it's already painful for me. <laughs> I, I abhor chit chat. <laughs> it's the worst. Wait, here's another good one. You ready? Yes. Have you ever been bullied? <laughs> By deacon's wives. Are you a victim? <laughs> Are you a victim of church hurt? <laughs> By rich people in the church. Oh, oh, man. What pastor hasn't been bullied? Right? <laughs> 
I wasn't bullied until I became a pastor. Oh, <laughs> somebody told me the other day, they said, I think that pastors are the original influencer. I was like, actually, the exact opposite of that has been my experience. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Question number three. Um, let's see. What are your pet peeves? Tell me about your pet peeves. Mm, pet peeves. <laughs> I am especially annoyed by the lack of floor space on the side of my bed. I like to be able to put my feet down on the floor and not have laundry under them. That's a very specific that is a pet, peeve. pet peeve. Another pet peeve. I could, maybe I could think of pet peeves. I, you know, honestly, the Lord has sanctified me to such a degree. Whoa, you have no pet peeves. That I have, or you have a short list. I have mortified the flesh <laughs> and crucified all pet peeves. <laughs> I don't know that I have one. If my oh. wife was here, she could probably tell me what oh, they were. I could tell you some. You th- what? Oh. Tell me which one you think. I'm I got. just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just, I don't want to say it on air. We all have, we all have our pet peeves. I'll give you mine. Okay. Touching the glass on a door. That's my children. <laughs> If you go to the part of the ice cream parlor, you go anywhere, you don't touch the glass. Someone has to clean that glass. Don't touch it. I actually talked to my son about this recently. We got my wife a new car and he sits down and I think he must have like picked his nose and rubbed it on the window next yeah. to him. Having yeah, having spent eight years in the military, I have a lot of cleanliness pet peeves and I've just had to <laughs> crucify those over and over again, raising a family of four children. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. That's, that's all. That's all we got. Give me some other ones. Rapid fire. We got a few ones. Okay. Uh, what about this? What? No, I'm not going to ask that one. That's too far. <laughs> What's your dream job? Pastor. <laughs> does anybody actually choose this job? I didn't choose it. <laughs> it chose me. I don't think anybody does. I tell the story to people all the time about how we did not want to move here. <laughs> that's the true. Lord made us. I testify to that. Oh man. Uh, what's the worst job you ever had in connection Pastor. to that? <laughs> Dude, we're on a roll. We have either won our audience or, or lost, lost them it. forever. They've all slowly stopped listening as we've been going we through. We better cut this out and get to the uh, oh meat of the gosh. matter. Guys, welcome to another episode of No Man's Land, the podcast designed to help men in transition, whoops, not that way, make it across the enemy lines with their testimony intact make it through the dating sphere make it through from foxhole to foxhole from single to married with their testimony and their testicles intact <laughs> Indeed. oh man what are we talking about today well Where today we we're going to be talking ultimately about transparency Mm. It doesn't sound manly, but it takes a real man that to be truly transparent, to lay it on the line. Okay, okay. To lay your reputation, to lay it all on the line, just as Jesus laid down his life and trans- for his bride. Transparency, like what kind of transparency? Well, we're we going to be about talking here? primarily about conversational transparency. Oh, okay, okay. But then, if we have enough time, we're going to move on to all of life transparency. Okay. But I think the thing that we really need the most help with in the dating realm is conversational transparency. How to spot it, how to practice it. Because here's the thing, we cannot be unequally yoked. Mm. So you got to know. You need to know, is that a a fellow ox? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or is that a zebra? Are we going to pull straight or not? And and you're not going to know if the other is not willing to be conversationally transparent. That's right. And honestly, 
this might be if if girls if young ladies are listening to our podcast this might be the one they need to listen to the most mm. because it's very often it's men who struggle with being vulnerable in their speech mm. maybe mm. that's just a stereotype but i've heard that enough to perhaps there's some validity to it mm. Mm. but being vulnerable being open truly showing your true and total self who you past, really are. present and future mm-hmm. Is necessary if you're going to get engaged. We've been going through this structure 100%. on how to go from single to married, mm-hmm. and we've made it all the way to the betrothal slash the engagement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. pushing the pause button on the process, mm-hmm. we're slowing it down, and we're going to be cultivating this idea of conversation. How do we work on relational intimacy, phileo, love, companionship? Mm-hmm. How do we work on conversations so that both parties? Get all the way to the point where they're being totally transparent mm. so you can really determine compatibility. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. not easy. That's why you need a time of discovery. Right. And rela- it takes time. When we say things like conversational, relational intimacy, we're not talking about physical. We're not talking about romantic. No. We're talking about something. We're talking about a knowledge of the other person. And this is what's going to actually make your relationship strong. This is something that you have with your your bro friends. <clears throat> right. The true friends that you have know you and you are open and vulnerable with them. Right. Right. You you don't police your language. You don't have a PR campaign or mm-hmm. PR firm monitoring mm-hmm. everything you say. There's no teleprompter. You're open, you're honest, you're vulnerable, and you mm-hmm. don't and you believe they're going to accept it for what it is and right. they're going to hear it in the most charitable light. That's what right. makes them your friends. Right. But you didn't you didn't start that way. Right. That's right. That took a long time. This is phileo love. This is companionship. This is brotherly love. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of love you have with your brothers in Christ, Mm -hmm. with close friends. Mm -hmm. This is something that's good to develop, even if you don't end up getting married. Right. Because it, you know, and if you do get married, oh, you have to have this conversational transparency and openness developed so that you can be truly friends. Absolutely. There's, that's that's the overview. That's the thesis. Uh, but we're going to work our way slowly to that particular point. Okay. Makes okay. sense? Yeah, no, but, sounds But great. honestly, if they're not ready to be conversational, mm-hmm. if they can't get to this point, mm-hmm. you can't get married to them. Mm. If they're not willing to be open, if they're not willing that's to be right. vulnerable. They got to be mm. naked. Mm. Well, not, you know, not Figuratively. Like that. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> Figuratively, before literally. Oh, man, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if they're not willing to be naked, Adam mm-hmm. and Eve, naked, figuratively, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. conversationally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then they're not ready to be naked literally. Mm. It's very important. That is a, that's a good way to put How that. How else are you going to know if they are bone, of, bone and flesh of flesh? Mm. How are you going to know if they're equally yoked? Right, and we do, the, we do it the opposite way. Right. Like we, we instead, or we, as in the culture in which we live says, well, you got to be physically intimate first to figure out if you're really compatible. That's mutual usury. That's not covenantal marriage Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So let's get out, uh, out of the gate here with the first type of communication. This is basic. This is stranger communication. This Mm -hmm. is cliche communication. Oh yeah. This is chit chat. Mm. That's your favorite kind of conversation, isn't it? You love chit chat. Oh, I hate chit chat. <laughs> How you doing? Great. That's fine if we can just leave it there. Weather's nice outside today, don't you think? It is. It is great. I'm actually I'm just terrible at it. I don't hate it. <laughs> I love the idea of it. <laughs> to be able to go to the gas station, to be able to banter with the the waiter or the waitress in in clichés and it to be natural and feel comfortable. I just feel I just feel so awkward at it. It's just doesn't saw, roll off my tongue. Saw that Saints game the other day? 
man, I'd love to be able to have that gift. <laughs> but you see that cliche communication? That's like, that's layer one. It's layer one. That's, that, first, that's the first rung of the ladder. That's the conversation you have with the person checking you out at the gas station. Yes. <laughs> and by checking out, I mean... Not checking your money. Taking your money. We should clarify. This is a dating podcast. <laughs> taking your money, receiving your service certificates, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. dollar bills. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the sort of conversation you have with them. Oh, yeah. hey, uh, you know, it's late at night. Uh, wow, you work in the night shift tonight? Mm. Yep. Oh, it's got to be tiring. Oh, long night, huh? Yep, long night. Ooh. I mean, you like it? And if, if they get, if they take it to a deeper level, mm. it's awkward, isn't it? Yeah. Well, actually, I hate my job. Actually, <laughs> oh, do you know I, of any opportunities? I, uh, I, I wasn't prepared. I was, I was just trying. How's to How's it going? Honestly, it's been awful. A terrible day <laughs> at home. <laughs> oh no, with the children. Oh we're, gosh, yeah, no. Now it's, we're just it's, going deeper and deeper every time. But you can see someone like that when they do that, <clears> and they open up and they go beyond cliche communication. What it really is when they is, do it too soon. But it's because they're lonely, though. Mm. They're lonely. They are. They yeah. want. A friend. And right. so that is part of the process of developing a friend is that you expand your conversation. You open mm. up your vulnerable mm-hmm. with the hopes that the other person will reciprocate. Mm. That's true. That's how you develop friendships. That's very true. But it's they're doing it too soon, probably because they're lonely. Probably because they don't have friends. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Or they see you as a potentially like a, a friendly person or, you know, mm. best case scenario. So how do we. OK, so let's say we're we're establishing the early relationship here yeah the be- the first day the early on in the day there's going to be a lot of this sort of cliche cliche conversation you know you're just talking through then then when do we move into the next phase what is the next phase well this is an organic process okay i mean we i need an algebraic equation here brandon i know i know <laughs> and we are offering a structure for reformed men there are guys out there taking notes as we say all this stuff right now somebody yeah. just got frustrated and said there's no list yeah. Tell me the list. Look, it has to be natural. Mm. If it's not natural, if it's not going well and it's not developing from cliche communication to the next level, which what we're going to call fact communication or, um, you know, just the facts, ma'am, communication. Mm. <laughs> if it doesn't develop to that, well, you're going nowhere. Mm. Right? So facts, f- facts communication like what? Facts communication is where you're beginning to, you're, you're telling your life story a bit. Oh, okay. Talking yeah. about your your friends, your family, your church. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from your job, your career. Yeah, right. Okay, it's objective discussion of facts. There's lots of mm. indicative statements. Okay, yeah. And there's going to be a lot of interrogative statements, a lot of questions. Hey, well, what was your childhood like, maybe? Mm. And, and depending on the degree to which someone answers, it can go beyond fact to more vulnerable conversation. But it, if if it's someone that you're not willing to be open with, you're not going to be transparent with. You keep it right there at facts. Oh, you keep it at the facts. It was good. That's right. It might be gossiping can be a fact conversation. Oh. Like you're going on a date with someone and you're both in the same church. Mm. Well, you have certain people in your life in common. And mm. so you can talk about them. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got it. You ever been to groups like that where <laughs> no one's got anything to talk about except uh, other people? Mutual acquaintance that they have. Yeah, hey, oh, yeah. It's okay. fact communication. And they're not there, so it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> 
right? Fact communication. And it doesn't have to necessarily be negative things about other people. You're just talking about things you have in common, the church yeah. or mm -hmm. how you wish the, uh, you know, the worship leader would do this or not do that. Or, oh, I wish the pastor would give me more 30% application and 70% uh, <laughs> exposition. You know, you're talking about things. It's just fact. You're right. telling stories. Right. Even. right, right. Telling stories from your childhood, telling stories from college, mm. telling stories over and over again. Mm. Perhaps you're the kind of person that tells stories more than once to the same person. I am definitely that person. Right. This is still fact. I forget who I told certain things to, so I just have to keep saying it again. There you go. You're giving data, analysis, statistics. <laughs> but you're still holding that person at arm's length. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't open you up. But then thing, things go well. Let's if, say things go well. If things are going well. You continue to enter deeper into this conversational intimacy that's happening here. Mm -hmm. And the next layer would be we Opinion, move from fact yeah. to opinion. Opinions. See that? Yeah, that makes total sense. Because then, like, I see this happen as you get to know people, at least in the South. You know, I don't know if we've got listeners in another mm -hmm, part of the country. Mm -hmm. They might see it a different way. But down here, you don't really get to politics or anything like that or religion until later in the relationship. You got your you got your first few layers, facts, you got your your cliche moments, and then when politics enters the conversation, everybody's kind of, mm -hmm. what's about to happen? Look, let me put you on the spot. What's about to happen? Let me put you on the spot. Okay, go. If I were to begin to list the names of individuals that you know, <laughs> how long would it take you to tell me, yes or no, I can discuss politics with them? <laughs> I'd be able to do it pretty fast. Yes, yes, no, 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 no. There are rules. Yeah, or, or religion, or religion. Mm -hmm. Recently, mm -hmm. you had an interview with a witch. That's true. Clearly a different religion than you. Correct. And you had to, and this is just part of the dynamics of communication. At the very beginning, you had to lay out so many qualifiers. <laughs> because you're like, I'm about to share opinions and be vulnerable with you, and I just want you to know my intentions are good. You know, I'm yeah. not a threat to you yeah. because you're going from from fact and cliche right. to transparent. You're like laying out the basis of your entire, um, you know, your entire worldview. Right. You're right. laying out your philosophical fundamentals. Right. What you stand on, you're exposing the foundations of your entire lifestyle within five minute conversation. Yes. And that, yes. that is so, it's so not normal. It requires in, a lot. It requires a lot oh, before you can even get in there. And it's emotionally yeah. draining. Yeah. But that's what podcasts are sometimes. You're, you're, it's, a, yeah. it's a format set up to go straight in. Yep. But you, have, you put those qualifiers in there because it's, it's kind of not natural. Right. Like you wouldn't do that at the gas station or at a restaurant. Right. Now, I'm going to say a bunch of things to you that are, you know, this is how I am. Some person you just met pumping right. gas. On the street, you would try to kill me, <laughs> but we're in a studio with microphones. <laughs> right? You do. But that's opinion and witnesses. communication. <laughs> but notice it. But when you open up with opinions, yeah. you're exposing yourself right. to response. Right. To right. negative critique. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You see 100%. what I mean? Yeah. If you don't share opinions, if you keep that in whatever, um, in a council meeting or a, a town hall or a board meeting or right. a conference or any area where you have conversation and, and communication, if you keep your opinions to yourself, right. you're not going to have the ire of the crowd. You're not going to have people looking at you sideways. Because you're not vulnerable. Because you're not vulnerable. You're, yeah. just, you're just the facts. Just the facts, the stats, the data, the mm -hmm. stories, the gossip, Right. The cliches. But when mm. you share an opinion, an opinion is something is, is an unverifiable fact. That's what an opinion is, mm -hmm. according mm -hmm. to the logic books. Mm -hmm. It can't be verified on the spot. 
Mm-hmm. And like, we're not all just walking research databases. Right. You know, we're not AI. So we can't immediately verify every opinion that we have. Right. And, and so it, it stays in the realm of opinion, at least in that conversation. And mm-hmm. they can say, well, this is what I think. Mm. I think we ought to have a lot of children because the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. Mm. Well, I think that we should have however many people, however many children the Lord says we should have. Mm. Well, you see, in that area, we agree. <laughs> right. Are there some opinions you want to know from your uh, potential spouse? Well, obviously, kids and how they interpret be fruitful and multiply. That would be a huge one. Yeah. How do you discipline children? Mm. How do you plan on it, at least? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you vote? <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to know that one for sure. Who do you think would be the best candidate for the Republican primary? What do you think the qualifiers are for elected officials? Yeah. Where do you find those? What are the roles of men and women? Mm-hmm. These are things that are coming at you quick, and, and you don't have enough time to give an entire systematic theology of marriage roles. Right. And if you, here's a benefit, though. If you came up in the same church... If you've if you've known each other since you were young, you got most of that. Yeah, you figured well, you've out been already. discipled, and your pastors have laid out the cases for you, so it's been verified over your entire childhood. So you're gonna be all right. So you're gonna move past all of that. Right, you're that's gonna right. be okay. But yeah. you get into that opinion. That's where someone can push back. Mm-hmm. That's where someone can pass judgment, mm-hmm. and that takes vulnerability. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it with strangers. You don't do it with people you don't trust. Right. That's right. You keep those opinions to yourself because, well, you don't want to have the extra hassle mm-hmm. of having to defend yourself from, uh, you know, being stabbed in the back. But if you're in the dating sphere and you're trying to marry this person, you got to figure some stuff out. You got to get there. Yeah. That's and if exactly you can't right. get there, then you got to shut it down. That's right. If you're trying to build trust and it's not going anywhere and you're not getting to that point. And if that man, shut it down. it's usually the man, but if that man or that woman is not willing to to evolve mm. and to get into the opinion level of communication, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're not moving forward correctly. That's right. That's right. But then there, it goes beyond that, though. It goes to emotional goes communication. Deep. Whoa. What does that mean? What is an emotional communicator? Well, what are your feelings, <laughs> right? How do you feel about this? Oh, I see. I see. I see. What are your hopes? What are your fears? Mm. What do you like, dislike? Yeah, that takes some deep level trust right there. Now it's not even an opinion. You're not even trying to say it's true. You're just saying, this is how I feel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying it's true. I certainly can't verify it. I'm just telling you, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel icky. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even, I can't even tell you why, but I don't like it. Yeah. Aspirations, disappointments, joys, sorrows, needs, dreams, failures, desires, mm. stresses, sources of fulfillment, discouragements, burdens. So that does take a heavy amount of trust between two people to be like, I don't like that. Why? I just don't like it. I'm just trying to open up to you and tell you that's what I'm afraid of. It's not an accusation. Yeah. It's not an even opinion. <laughs> right. I'm afraid this I might happen. I have no facts at hand to back I'm this up. I'm not willing to verify that. I'm not able to provide the statistical data. I'm afraid this could be what's happening. Yeah, that's a, that is a very, yep, that's a very intimate form of communication for sure. It is. For sure. You can only do this with people you trust mm. mm-hmm. or people you want to trust. Mm. And if you're going to marry this person, you got to get there. And you kind of have to, somebody has to put themselves out there first. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to be the one to say, I feel this way. I feel insecure in these areas. I feel insecure telling you my insecurities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because what's the fear? You know, what's the fear? Yeah, that they find out and then now they know the nuke to press. They know the button. Or they just know about you and they'll go tell somebody else. Yeah, there's, a, there's the show Naked and Unafraid. I think it's naked and afraid. Well, 
To be naked before someone emotionally <laughs> is to be afraid. <laughs> You're putting yourself out there. Will they reciprocate? Will they also be vulnerable? Can you love that person unconditionally even though you don't share those opinions and you don't have those same fears? Because mm. they're going to have different fears than you're going to have. They're going to have different hopes than you're going to have. Mm. Can you share your aspirations? I've always wanted to be a missionary to Afghanistan. There's some source of, of easy conflict right there. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're going to marry this person, yeah. you yeah. need to know them. You really need to know them. 100%. Right? And if you don't... They, mm. That's why you have to have a time of discovery Mm -hmm. before eros love, before sexual intimacy. Because you got to get through all this. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't get through this and the sexual chemistry is awakened too soon, Mm -hmm. you're not going to care about this. You're going to be like, no, Mm -hmm. we're in love. We're faith. Oh, gosh, look how much we care for one another. No, Mm -hmm. no, you're an idiot. You'll begin to make excuses. Mm -hmm. You'll turn a blind eye. We'll figure all this out later. And that bed that you you make is going to be tough to lie in. For real. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. But then we finally get to our final and ultimate stage of communication. Which is? Transparent. Total transparent communication. Now that's like, woof. That's everything. That's all in. Mm-hmm. Total emotional and personal truthfulness. Vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And this is incredibly important because the person that you're dating is a candidate for marriage. Now you don't, you don't obviously jump in on you know, level five right? on the first date. That'd probably be a bad idea. That's desperate. <laughs> that signals desperate. Don't go in that far. Mm-hmm. But there is a sense in which if you don't get there before you're married, this is a They're very not, high You're not gamble. ready to be married. You're not ready. You're not ready to cleave. Well, think, just think about the degree of risk that you're taking. That's yeah, a, an insane amount of risk. You're hoping that there's nothing out there. You're hoping that there's no skeletons in the closet. You're hoping right. that that you guys identify 100% now that you're about to enter into covenant. You can't enter into an irrevocable covenant one flesh cases, without having this piece put together. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> but see the you world need to know like yeah, you need to know their past, mm-hmm. their health, mm-hmm. their financial. Mhm situation, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. right? Their debt. What are they planning to do with their house, mm. their cars, their personal finance strategies? What's their mission? Their feelings, their missions, their worldview, their philosophy of Where life. Where are they going? What do they want to do with their life? You need to know everything about them if you're going to be one flesh. And if they're not willing to be figuratively naked before you, mm. they're not ready to be literally naked before you. Mm. You need this ultimate That's vulnerability of speech. I'm going to save that illustration for later. That's, That's a good. good one. Ultimate vulnerability of speech. Mm. And here's the thing. This is what it requires. Mm. Self-sacrificial love. Okay, explain that. Well, if, if you've ever been trying to work for unity with another brother in Christ, mm. you're working for unity with the hopes of one day collaborating together. You have to develop these sorts of communication techniques. Mm. You're, ex- you're beginning to be on a team together. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than being on a team when there's no emotional transparent communication. Mm. You don't know what the other people are thinking. Mm. There's not going to be any unity. There's not going to be any collaboration. Mm. Can't, mm. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be on a team, you're working on all these various things. Well, but when, for you to initiate that as the leader, mm-hmm. they might then take it the wrong way. They might use it against you. Mm. They might use the information that you tell them in an open, vulnerable situation right. as am- ammunition against you in a later conversation. That's right. That happens all the time. That's mm-hmm. the essence of betrayal. Mm-hmm. And so when you put yourself out there for the, good of the con- for the good of the relationship, 
you're really you're dying to self. You're, you're sacrificing yourself. Yeah, I see exactly. You're what initiating you're vulnerability so that they will in turn reciprocate mm-hmm. and respond with vulnerability. Right. And it's really it's what Christ did on the cross for us. Yes. I see it really that. is. I see that. You, you see, see, you're saying, look, I'm not trying to maneuver here at all. Mm-hmm. I'm this is not who trying, I am. I, this is what I believe. This is what I fear. This is what I hope. This is what I'm going for. This is all my baggage. Are you on this my team? My Are yeah. you on my team? Are we doing this or not? That takes, you got to be willing to die. You got to be willing, you got to believe in the cause. Right. Right. You got to be willing to die with self-sacrificial love for that. You're not trying to manipulate. You're not trying mm-hmm. to maneuver. There's no secret agendas. You're not playing them. All your cards are on the table. Right. Before the eros hits. Absolutely. Before you lose your brain. And if they won't put their cards on the table. Abort. 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 Absolutely. Hit it out. Maybe say for the first time, hey, your cards aren't on the table. There's stuff we're not talking about here. Are we going to get there or are we, are we as deep as we're going to be? Yeah. And if you can't go any deeper, shut that bad boy down. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of No Man's Land, a reform man's guide to Christian dating. Please like, review, share this podcast with your friends. Let us know how we're doing. And until next time, thank you for listening.